At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. We stay the course! We are dead! We are all dead! We're supposed to make the world a better place. What happened? I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! I know Kung Fu. You either die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! This whole thing is insane! This whole thing is insane! 300 years ago, you'd have been burned at the stake. What do all men of power want? More power. This is now the United States of Zombieland. This whole thing is insane! Man is even capable of nothing but destruction! Everybody is stuck with the things that they're not proud of. More power. Welcome to the desert of the real. More power. There can be only one. Are you a God-fearing man, Senator? You're such a strange phrase. I've always thought of God as a teacher, as a bringer of light, wisdom, and understanding. You see, I think what you really are afraid of is me. Happy heresies and welcome to the desert of the real. Heresy shouldn't be this much fun, but it just is. It just is. Especially with the audio version of AB Live. This one, episode 61. And it was our Halloween special with a round table of Gnosis veterans. As with last year, we challenged both Orthodox and Occult Golden Calves. We took on Scientology, Conspiracy Theory Culture, Mainstream Christianity, Ufology, Alchemy, and more. No one was safe, and there was some arguments, and the audience provided some outstanding questions and comments on the nature of reality, Gnosticism, and what will happen when the guests and I go to hell after we die. I mentioned our next show during our powwow. Furthermore, a lot of exciting shows in November, including The Spiritual Gifts of Ayahuasca, an AB Live with Anthony Garcia on the Dead Sea Scrolls, Freemasonry, and Mary Magdalene, and much more. Don't forget my new ebook, 10 Snackable Meditations, inspired because you have inspired me to find alternative ways to help in these Gnostic times. Check it out at the website or on the show notes. Thank you so much for those of you who support this Red Pill Cafeteria every week. I hope I have served you well. Your support and company keep me going. Don't forget the Finding Hermes programs and my voiceover availability. 
whether it's an audiobook, commercial, podcast, video game, or documentary, I can bring stellar results to your project. Keep in mind you can now tip via Stripe, since many of you use it, found in the show notes of any audio podcast. We need Gnosis more than ever, needless to say, in this age of Hermes. You won't find this high-quality Gnostic and Hermetic wisdom, or even guests and their unique insights, anywhere else in cyberspace or even meat space. Let us to our Halloween special. Say what you want about America, land of the free, home of the brave. We got some dumbass motherfuckers floating around this country. Dumbass motherfuckers. The real owners, the big wealthy business interests that control things and make all the important decisions. The politicians are put there to give you the idea that you have freedom of choice. You don't. You have no choice. You have owners. They own you. They own everything. They own all the important land. They own and control the corporations. They've long since bought and paid for the Senate, the Congress, the state houses, the city halls. They got the judges in their back pockets. And they own all the big media companies, so they control just about all of the news and information you get to hear. They got you by the balls. They want more for themselves and less for everybody else. But I'll tell you what they don't want. They don't want a population of citizens capable of critical thinking. They don't want well-informed, well-educated people capable of critical thinking. They're not interested in that. That doesn't help them. That's against their interest. It's a big club, and you ain't in it. By the way, it's the same big club they use to beat you over the head with all day long when they tell you what to believe all day long, beating you over the head in their media, telling you what to believe, what to think, and what to buy. They don't give a fuck about you. They don't give a fuck about you. They don't care about you at all, at all, at all. And nobody seems to notice. Nobody seems to care. That's what the owners count on. The fact that Americans will probably remain willfully ignorant of the big red, white, and blue dick that's being jammed up their assholes every day. Because the owners of this country know the truth. It's called the American dream because you have to be asleep to believe it. And we are live, and I am with you. With that introduction, for those of you on YouTube, I got uh, Bertie Num Num, Peter Sellers out of the way in the party. Did you know that Peter Sellers is a big Freemason? He was. What will take him as we go on? And uh, from the cable guy, Jim Carrey, showing us that we're in a world with men that have nipples, we can show them anywhere. I in trouble from YouTube since I took that clip from YouTube sound. But welcome everybody. Very excited tonight. This is uh, our annual special, our um, sacred goring of what holy cows? Got on a Gnostic goring of holy cows, sacred calves. Which which one is it? Uh, yeah, Scott. <laughs> Uh, Anastagoring of Sacred Cows, Part Two. Part Two. There you go. Excellent. Always fun to see what we can rile up on this season of the witch as the ghosts are out. So glad to see the room is already filling up well, and we will get to you. As always, if you have any questions for our guest tonight or our host and co-host. 
please write them in all caps. Uh, put a lot of question marks, or you can use the super chats to get to the top of the line. And it's a lot of varied questions. If you have any questions in general about Gnosticism, I'm sure we can handle them. Uh, other than that, as always, the audio version will come out probably tomorrow. It will be on YouTube. And I truly appreciate you being here and the support you give this venture. And I hope you continue to support as putting out a lot of exciting content this year, the rest of the year, the holiday season, some surprises, as you will soon find out, and some excellent guests that will take us to the House of Gnosis. So with us tonight, we are very happy to be joined once again by Scott Smith and Sandra Wells. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. All ready to create heresy among the heretics. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yes. And if you guys could please speak up. Yep. You guys sound a little squeaky out there. Okay. Um, and with us, too, after a long pause, we are glad to have Mr. Christian Smith. Chris, how are you, and how have you been? Uh, can't hear you, Chris. Yeah, Chris. Uh, yeah, I think you put yourself on, on mute, dude. Yeah, good, Miguel. Thanks for welcoming me back. Um, just looking forward to having a chilling evening, chilling with my fellow true seekers. And how have you been? How has these strange times treated you? <laughs> to be perfectly honest, no, not well. It's been it's been very strange, and uh, yeah, there's a whole story there that you don't want to hear. Not now, anyway. Well, yeah, all right. I'm just, well, you're not. I'm glad things are a little more normal than they were a year ago. But man, is this thing ever going to end? Sheesh. No. <laughs> but he, has, he has gotten much more involved with Heller and Ecclesiastica, so that's good news. Well, as long as he's not broadcasting from jail or Guantanamo Bay, I think. <laughs> not uh, yet. They're, they're, everything's fine. Not yet. But we yeah, we've got the it. bail money in cash if he needs it. Yeah, in crypto these days. Who knows? Oh, good point. And with us, too, as always, we've got the Moondog Vance. Vance, what's happening? Oh, Waiting for a good Halloween show. We got plenty of scary material from the past year. Most of it looks like a ball with spiky things coming out of it, maybe. It's going to take the place of the jack-o'-lantern, I guess, you know. <laughs> but let's gore some of those while we're at it. I'm That's ready out. to go. Awesome, ready for your questions. Awesome. Great, great. Uh, as far as housekeeping, nothing important right now that I can think of. Uh, for those of you out there, next week we will also have, uh, we will continue the Halloween vibe, the season of the witch vibe, the, the, the time where the liminal spaces are getting full of those spirits that are crossing over to our world in these darkening times. And we will have Anthony Tyler join us to discuss his new book, Hunt Manual. And he, we, we had a great discussion about the nature of evil, the supernatural, and shadow work. How to express your shadow and how to do that work to integrate your shadow. Because uh, Yaldi Baldi knows we need more of that shadow work today because nobody's integrating their shadow. Everybody's projecting, and it seems everybody's just getting even more fragmented regardless of the situation. And I important because i hate to break it to you uh but 
There is no going back to the old normal. I hope you understand this by now. And I hope you can simply embrace the unknown, the chaos, and remember that we do have a choice in creating the world we want out there. We have a choice in creating a reality we want, and it can be better than what is outside, regardless of what the Archons throw at us. We are a million times more creative. We are stronger than the Archons and the Demiurge and anything in this Black Iron prison. And yes, people are in the chat. Somebody said chaos is a ladder. It is. Indeed, it is, Dusan. And great to see everybody there. And on almost, uh, I see there's another guy named Van Sachi in the YouTube channel. Watch, watch out for him, Vance. He could be a, a CIA plant. Uh, who else is out there? Is a deep state. Yeah, deep state. Yeah, exactly. Uh, other than that, uh, hello, Lady Tanya, and I hope you're doing okay. Troy Elf. Troy F, not Troy Elf. Well, maybe watch the movie Elf uh, in a few weeks. It'll be okay. Um, but anyway, let's get us to uh, goring some of them sacred cows, shall we? What shall we start with? Um I think, uh, what do we discuss? I know last year we took some, I don't want to say shots. We had, we always have some good, intelligent discussions. Uh, last year we talked about A Course in Miracles, a Kabbalah, Buddhism, and some other topics. And it was more of a deconstruction than a real goring, although you know, a few shots here and there, but uh, definitely an intelligent uh, conversation. And uh, as we were talking, Scott, it seems... Uh, Scientology. I contend it's a Gnostic religion. I know that might off offend people, but I've made the case in writing and in other shows. Uh, weaponized Gnosticism works really well when you want control. But Scientology seems to be dying. It's a thing of the past. It's one of those things where the internet was actually a good thing for a change and was very useful at taking down Scientology, along with the group Anonymous that really raised hell and gave him so much shit but uh scott in la scientology powerful what's going on yeah well all of us here uh have had our encounters so speak up is, please yeah all of us have had our encounters with scientology here in la one of the major centers um i started when i had a girlfriend uh in the mid-70s who was a Scientologist, and I took the communication course, I read Dianetics, I read a couple of Hubbard's other books, and um, I found them really interesting because he taught people how to use words in communication that normally people just use words very, very loosely, and I was a young editor a Vegetarian World at the time, which became Vegetarian Times, and um, I found it really challenging. So, I took it seriously. I knew a lot of Scientologists. They seemed to find it uh, valuable. However, the Scientology of the mid-70s is not what it metastasized into later. Um, I think surprisingly enough, because of the way Wikipedia mediates different points of view on controversial topics, you can learn a lot that's fairly accurate on Wikipedia, there's about four or five different entries for Scientology beliefs, um, Ron Hubbard, some of the other topics. You can learn a lot about it, and, and I found it surprisingly balanced, including the academics who think that it does have 
some value. Now, my own experience in taking the communication course, which is an introductory thing, is that it was a little bit auditing and some of the other things are a little bit like a light kind of therapy. And um, the um, anybody who says that he just made it up to earn money doesn't really know much about Scientology. First of all, Hubbard went through a near-death experience after a dental procedure, and he eventually got involved with some major characters like Aleister Crowley and Jack Parsons uh, in sex magic and magical rites and stuff like that. He was a pretty serious student of the paranormal, but, you know, um, shenanigans uh, and suspect uh, individuals are often involved with... with, um, these uh, esoteric movements, um, the founder of the Golden Dawn, for example, Mathers, and of course, Aleister Crowley was involved. So the fact that he was, you know, accused of many different problems and conspiracies, and the fact that Scientology warped into an authoritarian cult, if you want, doesn't mean that he just made everything up. That idea came from Harlan Ellison, the science fiction writer, and, and I knew him and debated him in public, and I consider him a uh, really ag- uh, ignoramus and arrogant in equal parts, uh, a real hard-nosed skeptic. But what he actually said was that another science fiction writer suggested to Hubbard that he should turn his ideas into a religion if he wanted to make money, because they were talking about the struggle of being writers. Um the the essence of their theology, and this is how you can compare it with Gnosticism, is that they believe that the Thetans or the souls are immortal. They created the universe for their pleasure and then somehow uh, became identified with the humans. And they started um, forgetting what they had done. Now, the paradox here is that when you read deeper into it, it says, well, there's no real objective reality. It's just that the Thetans have agreed on this reality, and uh, that's why it exists, which it sounds a little bit like Advaita Vedanta. Um, but Scientology officially says that the Thetans, which all of us are, this is essentially the soul, can recover their memories the whole idea of Scientology at the upper levels is that you you uh, reincarnate enough times that you event and you go through these Scientology levels uh, that you eventually rega- you know regain your power and you free yourself from reincarnation. Now I'm not going to get onto my rant about reincarnation, but Scientology itself doesn't have a specific concept of God. It's vague, kind of the absolute. Um, where the Gnostic angle comes in, other than this idea that there is a kind of an absolute greater God out there somewhere who's not very involved in this reality, is this figure, this extraterrestrial called Zenu, who 75 million years ago supposedly stole our souls and put us near volcanoes on Earth. And this is how we started incarnating on Earth. And the idea is that, you know, we're supposed to free ourselves of that. Uh, We didn't die from the volcanic explosions. Uh, So he's a little bit of a demiurge figure. 
But uh, to a certain extent, all the Thetans are like mini demiurges in that they keep reincarnating, even though it's not doing them much good. So as you said, Scientology has become kind of a very weak thing. Um, and the bigger threat is mainstream Christianity. That's the real cult today that is dangerous. Scientology is a minor thing. And of course, there are a lot of split offs from the main church now. Um, and even the Kamitsky method discussed this in, in its last season. So, you know, there's some good and bad points, but uh, I'll let Chris and, and um, Sandra talk about their experiences. Yeah, well, I think it's uh, time for a Halloween story here. Um, <laughs> uh, so Bishop Heller had some experiences with with the, uh, the Church of Scientology. And uh, so I'll tell you about that before I tell you about my experiences. Um, so uh, back in the late 70s, he, his first uh, memory of, of Scientology in, in his involvement with it was uh, stepping out of his car at, at one of the parks here and stepping into a pool of blood. And next morning, he read in the papers that there, were, there was a murder right there. And there were two Scientologists under investigation for it. He then, uh, so, yeah, uh, right off the bat, uh, he did not have uh, warm feelings about this church. And then he did a, um, a talk, as he's wont to do, on, you know, various uh, figures of, of uh, religion. And so Hubbard was included in, in this talk. And... Um, couple of Scientologist agents show up and start like going through his notes and they want to know what he's talking about and they're interrogating him. And so he tells them to basically sit down, shut up if they want to stay. Otherwise he's going to call the police. Well, you know, they make a, a big fuss and, and um, it, they, they stayed throughout the talk, but they were just acting real bizarre and, and distracting the audience. And, um, so after this, now for years, he seemed to be stalked by the church because he had given a talk on their perfect leader, Hubbard, that didn't paint him in such a perfect light, dug up a little bit of questionable material, and they wanted to get a hold of that uh, to, quote unquote, publish it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so... He would get approached in grocery stores by random people, seemingly random people, like asking him about his talk and, you know, oh, you know, really interested in that. Like it's years after he gave it. Uh, so it, people come knocking at his door uh, from the Church of Scientology, pretending that they weren't from the Church of Scientology. And just like, wait a minute, that insignia on your lapel, that's the C word insignia, isn't it? You're not Scientologist, huh? Okay. Yeah. So this went on for many years um, through through the 80s. The, the church just was relentless and they finally uh, left him alone. Um, so, yeah, it has a sordid history, but I don't think we should judge it based on its sordid history. Every religion has a sordid history. Uh, most big churches have dirty secrets. So, you know, don't write it off for that reason. Um, but, um, as far as being a Gnostic religion, that's interesting. When, when I first 
went, so I went to the Church of Scientology not long ago, and uh, it was just out of curiosity because I'm I'm a curious kind of guy. I just wanted to experience, you know, what is this Dianetics therapy really like? Uh, what is this whole thing? And I told them, look, I'm not interested in becoming a Scientologist. I'm just curious. And I, I said, look, I'm I'm involved with this other church, this Gnostic church, and like, oh, Gnosticism, yeah, we're Gnostics. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. Well, I, I read the, the book, the, uh, they read Dianetics. I haven't read the other Scientology material, but that's their basic book. Um, it's, I wouldn't call it Gnostic. Uh, you know, they, they said, um, they, they made the claim to, to being Gnostics based on it. The, just the name Scientology, Ciencia, you know, it in Latin means knowledge. Okay, pretty weak connection. Um, so I'm sure, uh, you know, you've got some good research uh, that you've done on that, Miguel. Um, but they didn't make a very good case for being Gnostics. And, and certainly the uh, the material that I read in Dianetics didn't seem very Gnostic. It was just sort of a pseudoscience you know they, they borrow all of this terminology from science and um dress it up in uh, dress up their their therapeutic language with these scientific terms and and then um claim to have all of this empirical evidence that they don't have and um from this empirical evidence they okay so just let me back up a step here uh so in the Dianetics therapy, they the point of it is to search out those those uh, body memories uh, wherein trauma from earlier in life is stored. So you can release it and get on with your life. It's great in that regards. And like Hubbard was way ahead of his time uh, figuring out that the unconscious is actually in the cellular uh, memory of the body. Um, so, I mean, he's, he was a genius in that regard. So it was a liar, but he's a genius. And anyway, um, so eventually they started coming up with, um, uh, memories, uh, past life experiences. So the trauma went beyond this, this current physical body into past lives. And so from that, they derived the idea of, uh, the soul, basically the Thetan. So, um, you know, they, they, they pretend like this is a, you know, scientifically formulated or based religion, you know, and the empirical evidence is just, you know, that, you know, these, these memories come up in therapy. And we all know, of course, uh, you know, how reliable the theory of reincarnation is. So this, this church just has a rock solid foundation. Um, I would say, so I went through the Dianetics therapy and, um, you know, it wasn't a bad experience at all. Um, I would say it is maybe tedious, you know, it's just, it's just hours and hours and hours of like repeating, uh, traumatic stuff, like until it kind of diffuses and it doesn't seem as traumatic. And then the, the, uh, the um, auditors like looking for clues to like trace back to an earlier memory. And then they want to trace back to another earlier memory until you finally get to like the, the trauma. Um, so I did some of it. We didn't really uncover anything spectacular. Um, and I would say, you know, given the, uh, the amount of time that they spend, they don't charge like a ridiculous fee, but 
it takes a long time and a lot of patience to go through all that therapy. And then at the higher levels, it gets more expensive. So like you could fork out tens of thousands of dollars to, to get any kind of like reasonable results out of it. So, um, Boiling that's my Satan. experience. <laughs> What's that Vance? Boiling the Satan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. So, and Christian, are you in, uh, are you in Cali or? Yeah, I'm, I'm right here in Hollywood. Like, uh, the, oh, okay. uh, um, their, their head headquarters. Well, it's not their headquarters, but I mean, they've got a lot of, um, institutions right here, you know, just around the corner from me. All right, so. right. All right, belly and the beast. What about you, Sandra? How, yeah. What have you had any experiences with Scientology? And please speak up. I read the early Dianetics book when I was fifteen. Thought he had some interesting things to say. But every Scientology I ever met in my whole life was a financial slave. They were so much in debt. All they got for their efforts was free classes. Free classes. Poorest church mice. Never made a penny. Just worked for the church for nothing. I have such total disrespect for it. I think it's complete farce. It's my feeling. Everybody I met is miserable and happy and poor. <laughs> Maybe you should tell us how you really feel. I think you're <laughs> dancing. She might need one of those courses there, Christian, an eight-hour course to get the truth uh, out of her. But. Yeah. <laughs> I have to I do know. a little ritual magic to protect herself if, and to avoid the Heller experience. Yeah, I don't think they have that uh, power. I mean, I don't see them as a th there. I mean, obviously, anybody who can control Hollywood has will have power. So that would be their only last thing they could do. What about you, Vance? Any comments or uh, ideas on? I had my own experience in the twenties. I went to the communications course. I left early. Um, like Scott said, uh, there are some good concepts in it. Like anything there, there's good concepts and things. But I went to a meeting, an org meeting one night, and uh, I think it might have been uh, Miscavige that was uh, at that meeting at the time. Because this is like in 1975 or something like that. And so he wasn't such a big deal then. Anyway, they are so paranoid. They were all talking about the IRS and everybody's after us and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, the bells are going off in my head. I said, wait a minute. Plus that. When they induct you before you take the courses, you um, uh, nobody mentioned the e-meter. The e-meter, uh, which is ostensibly a galvanic skin response meter, and there's something to it. You do, you know, get a response out of an e-meter when you hold the cans, and you know somebody talks to you, uh, to you, and something like, you know, alerts you. You know, the back of your mind goes off, and the needle goes up. Well, they said, do you know anybody that doesn't like Scientology? Da, 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 and they're grilling you. Uh, do you guys remember that, Scott, Chris? Maybe uh, Chris, I think, uh, Scott, I mean, Scott remembers it. So anyway, they, they give you the third degree. Basically, you're like taking a lie detector test with this e-meter. And uh, so that, that the whole thing, and then they, uh, I went with my, uh, my ex-wife, and they tried to pry us apart. And this one guy was after her, you know. And um, so when, after we quit, they bugged us and bugged us and bugged us and tried to get us to come back. So, you know, it was kind of a, sc a scary thing. So um, that's my experience directly with it. And, you know, I've done a lot of reading and so forth. Actually knew um, uh, a very good friend and spiritual teacher of mine was actually claims to be um, she was high up in there and was his physical therapist. 
know, used to give him massage therapy and so forth. Elron, I mean. So, um, and she had some stories to tell about Sea Org and so forth. But uh, it's, I believe that they are out after money. They're after power for the organization. They're using people. Um, they're, they're, they will work people. They'll get them to mortgage their houses, empty their bank accounts. And, you know, I don't know the structure of it, but, you know, from what Chris is saying, maybe it starts, because I never paid for any auditing, but it starts, uh, you know, uh, reasonably. And then before you know it, and also what they do is they get them to work as the auditors, like, if you do courses and so forth, you can pay for the courses by spending time at the Scientology church and, and doing auditing and so forth. So they're using all the people down at the lower levels to, you know, make money for themselves. And uh, although making, there's nothing wrong with, you know, making money per se, I don't think they, oh, well, they promised you powers at the OT level, the OT courses. They used to have like OT1, OT2, OT3, OT4. They kept on adding OT levels over the years to keep on getting, and those are very, very expensive, like thousands and thousands of dollars. So, you know, that's that's my, my take on it. Um, not, uh, you know, if you're a follower and you don't care about your money, if you just want to spend it, you know, go ahead. I mean, you better smoke, too. Chain smoking is absolutely essential if you're a high-level Scientologist. <laughs> you have to be like Elron was. He was a chain smoker. So, yeah, it was also a Navy intelligence. So there's a lot of yeah, a lot of fun things you can uh, pull apart from Elron Hubbard. The occult. Yeah, it's questionable as to government. what he really was. I think yeah, he was yeah. dis dishonorable discharge from the Navy. To tell you the truth. But yeah, I but <laughs> I don't know if it, the intelligence ever lets you go, as they say, like the CIA letting you go. Not going to happen. Uh, but anyway, uh, interesting religion, and I'm glad it's evanescing. So but uh, there was a time when there was uh, Scientology was any. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Anything you said about them was a conspiracy, as Dr. Heller, as you guys experienced firsthand. So... As they say, conspiracy theory is just history plus time. So that brings us to conspiracies, and it's a lot there. What do you think, uh, Scott, when these days where conspiracy is everywhere? It's part of a, it's a coping skill. It's part of everything these days, it seems. Well, without using the C or the V word that might get us into some trouble here, um, it, Sandra and I did a, a, an Aeon Byte a couple of ha uh, Halloweens ago um, on the, um, the cult of the skeptics of the paranormal, where we talked about the, the fact that there is a conspiracy of the intelligentsia. I mean, the gatekeepers of scientific knowledge, the higher you go, the more atheistic, the more... Uh, uninterested they are in exploring anything 
that is cutting edge. Um, as we've talked about before, Thomas Kuhn in the structure of scientific revolution said that, you know, the, the gatekeepers, the ones who are in charge of the medical societies and, and all these other things are um, about 40 years behind the pioneering evidence. So um, because they are so far behind, it's easy for dissenters like us to point out in any number of fields where they simply are not giving information that is factual. And that leads to an erosion of respect for people who actually know something. And then this, of course, has been fueled by the internet. So, um, I mean, you know, when I have people from the left and the right tell me that the Pentagon towers were brought down, uh, or rather the, the World Trade Center um, towers were brought down not by the, the Saudi terrorists. This was part of a Pentagon conspiracy to enrich the defense contractors. And, um, you know, that uh, the moon landing was uh, done in a Hollywood studio and, you know, all these other things. Um, it, it is, I have very good friends who are intelligent and otherwise informed and stuff who repeat these things to me all the time. And there isn't any foundation for it. And it's really surprising. I, my opinion is Americans are becoming dumber and more ignorant by the year. And um, this goes along with not reading <laughs> anymore. I mean, the attention span of the average person seems to be about 280 characters. And, uh, you know, this but is... Scott, Scott, do you officially buy the story of 9-11? The, uh, whatever the well, whatever I've been, they're giving us. Sandra and I spent time in Saudi Arabia, and we've spent a lot of time in Muslim countries, and I think we have a lot of insight into terror, into Islamic terrorism. And um, I've I, what I found is you can't go down the rabbit hole with QAnon or um, you know the people who. Um, uh, believe that uh, that they're that the Illuminati are really at the Pentagon or the billionaires control the world and all that kind of stuff. Because if you and I was in politics for a very long time, uh, if you if you try to have an argument with these people, it's endless. I mean, for example, one of my best friends says that Obama was born in Africa. And he will give me 20 reasons why. And I learned, right, Scott, we're kind of getting ahead. Now, now, the question is, do you buy the official narrative of 9-11? Well, essentially, yes, because uh, I know a lot about Islamic terrorism. And uh, they obviously crashed into the, the, uh, the towers. And uh, I don't think it was a money-making scheme where they were set up, uh, that it was a Pentagon conspiracy. So uh, it's a waste of my breath. If somebody wants to believe that, and I have really smart and informed friends who will insist on that, um, it's not something that I would talk about. But in terms of conspiracies in general, I think people are drawn to them because they provide simple explanation for why life is screwed up. And it's just an, it's a secular version of the Illuminati from the last couple of centuries. 
Yeah, I, I don't buy the official narrative. Uh, Vance, you don't either, right? No, you know, one of the things I was always Not thinking about is, terrorism, just engineering shows you. It. Yeah. Why didn't they <laughs> scramble some planes? They had so long to do it, right? These planes are off course. They're hijacked, right? And, you know, uh, why didn't they scramble planes, especially as they approached New York? Uh, the Pentagon thing was absolutely ridiculous. They, they confiscate all the film. You can't find the plane. How the heck did they land that low, you know, at that speed to yeah, go into the building that holes. way? Yeah, there's so many holes in that story. It's uh, well, our government's well, our government's lying. I don't know who really is behind. Obviously, you're right, Scott. The military contractors got very, very rich, and we killed millions of people right after and conquered a lot of countries. So, yeah, well, I will know, say if you that, follow the money, yeah, I, I, I will say I talked to some people in Saudi Arabia who I trust who seem to confirm the elements of the official story. But listen, they couldn't get the Capitol Police on January 6th over to protect the Capitol. The incompetence in the military and in any bureaucracy. Is enormous. I mean, I cover business, and business is abysmally run. You could ask from here to eternity, why don't companies do sensible things? You know, incompetence is the biggest thing. So uh, I don't think that those arguments are uh, final. All I can say is I think I have an insider's view, and uh, it doesn't deviate greatly. I've also interviewed some military figures. Um, and but uh, that's that's a whole other show to get into. Yeah, we could do an entire show. Are there any conspiracies quote that you buy into? For example, where do you stand with Kennedy assassination? Do you buy the official narrative of the Kennedy assassination? Yeah, I I, I read a book called I think High Treason or something that was very very well argued on the subject, and I realized that um, you know the official story has a lot of problems with it, but. In order to really take a firm, informed position, and I've read, you know, others who gave arguments um, pro and con about the official version, but I realized this is this you can devote a lifetime to it. So I chose not to go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, well, I don't buy the official narrative, obviously. Uh, what about you, Christian? Uh, what do you think of conspiracies? Are there any conspiracies that you definitely uh, hold on to? So, do you think uh, Paul McCartney is really alive or is he dead? Uh, I'm just going to keep throwing them all night, just randomly throwing them at people. So, I, I'm not going to say too much about this, but um, Gnosticism is kind of a conspiratorial religion. And they were and accused so, of being conspiracy theorists by the that, church father. Paranoid right. conspiracy. Right. Please, God, right. listen, listen. <laughs> Paranoia <laughs> is part of being Gnostic. I'm sorry. Anyway, they sorry have for the good reason to be paranoid. They're being yeah. hunted as heretics. But then the whole mythology is also conspiratorial. You know, you've got the archons who are manipulating everything and so on. Uh, so, because of that, I think Gnostics are vulnerable to conspiratorial thinking. <laughs> so, if so anybody who is is agnostic, I think, needs to um, try to just really uh, apply some self-analysis and critical thought and just be careful about what you buy into because um, these rabbit holes can be dangerous. You could get lost in them. <laughs> and um, 
I think um, a lot of the conspiratorial thinking that goes on in the uh, in Dr. Heller's church is not healthy. Um, so now that doesn't mean that I don't, you know, buy that, that I think like <laughs> the government is truthful and, you know, no, I mean, <laughs> um, That's the thing about the government, uh, <laughs> never believe anything until it's been officially denied by the government. That's when you know, it's time to start looking. <laughs> right. Right. So, and yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, we were talking, we're talking about Scientology, Chris, uh, very intelligent, mystical, sensitive people are the prime victims of falling into a cult, whether it's the Manson family, you name it, because, you know, your mind is moving fast, you're seeing into other worlds, you've got chaos, and these cults offer you comfort and, you know, straight answers. And so that's, so you're right. So you have to be careful our minds can't be moving too fast, if you know what I mean. Yeah, that's been an interesting aspect of, of um, this whole COVID and QAnon uh, conspiracy uh, uh, amalgamation. Um, you know, it, it's interesting how it has spread so wildly through certain spiritual communities, you know, the yoga community, the alternative spirituality community. Um, so, yeah, I think what you're saying is like right on target and... I've got lots of friends. I, I used to, I, I re, I'm a registered yoga teacher and I used to go to some esoteric school, kind of like a, uh, a witchcraft and wizardry school almost um, for healing arts. Uh, and like so many of them have just gone off the deep end with these conspiracy theories. And it's, it's kind of frustrating. It's like, um, man, uh, you know, you're, you're such an open, sensitive, spiritual person, and then you've been infected with some really wacky ideas, and I just don't know what I can do for you to help you out, but I still love you. Yeah, so. I think um, there's a conspiracy theory that all nuclear bombs are fake. I haven't gone down there, <laughs> but I, I want to, because for me, conspiracy is a form of therapy. I ah. discover m a lot about myself and my inner workings. I mean, I know the hot button one that keeps getting hot as a whole, Tartaria mud floods one that one's really gaining a lot of uh and it's fun for me it's conspiracy <laughs> entertainment and again i have certain conspiracies that i'm like like 9-11 or the kennedys like no no stop with, you know i don't know what about wow. you vince uh, are you going to uh, remove your mask and show us your lizard form or what do you <laughs> i don't know there's so many uh, things well you know i live in california as do scott and chris and you know years ago we heard you know this old joke saying what's the difference between conspiracy and reality well here in california it's about a week you know <laughs> 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 and you know i remember nancy pelosi saying we're going to get them out of their cars and people said no she didn't really she didn't really mean that. well look you know now they're like uh, taking away gas engines and i mean the meat is just like uh my wife just showed me 25 dollars a pound now for a steak the gas prices are going up inflation i mean all right here are my favorite top-level conspiracies, capitalism, communism, and fascism. They're all conspiracies. <laughs> <laughs> and look at it, you know, inflation is, is the, uh, one of the biggest ones, right? You make your money and everything, and they're eating away at it. I mean, it's serious, and it never stops. It never stops. So, you know, um, uh, you know, stock market, that's another conspiracy, right? 
You know, people are, yeah, invest, invest, tanks. Um, used to be, uh, I tell this story a lot. When I was a kid, I was nine years old, we sat in the parking lot, Lodi, New Jersey. Hello out there, New Jersey people. And at the Alexander Hamilton Savings Bank, five and a quarter percent interest on a regular savings account painted on the side of the building. Wow. <laughs> painted. I mean, it, they paid it. And now look, you know, 0.02, you know, percent. I mean, what's up with that? You know, it seems that we uh, no longer have a an economy that can can pay you back for the money you loan to it. Because you know what? Guess what? All the banks, banks, there's another conspiracy. Read about the Federal Reserve, a big one. And that's real. Right, Scott, you really deny the Federal Reserve is kind of a conspiracy and the money system and the you know, erosion of the middle class. Yeah. Uh, the destruction of our health. Yeah, yeah. Money yeah. circulates seven, 13 times. You deposit it and it goes from bank to bank to bank and they make money every time. Yeah. And be, well, just because you've got a D in the White House doesn't mean the machine is going to stop or turn good or be nice. It's the destruction of the American people. Well, I, I'm a business reporter, as you know, and I just interviewed the CEO of Silicon Valley Bank, which is very different from other banks. It funds 40% of the venture capital uh, launches and stuff like that. So uh, a lot of it is just, you know, the, the stupid. In general, 95% of organizations, whether they're nonprofits or their academic uh, administrators or their the Pentagon military. Uh, it's all, you can really lay a lot at the feet of incompetence and greed uh, without imagining the Illuminati. But Sandy, yeah. you had something on well, that? Well, yeah. I have a lot of friends that are really heavily into the conspiracy things. One woman swears there's no such thing as a man ever, not, no man ever touched the moon. I told her that we met Buzz Aldrin ourselves. Doesn't matter what I say. Doesn't matter anything. Doesn't matter at all. They're convinced that this is the way it is. Nothing you can do to break their belief system. The only thing they can do possibly is transcend is the chatter with the light and sound machine and doing a special kind of creative visualization that will create a new reality for them. But other than that, they are set in their belief systems. Flat Earth is another example. That's a good one. Flat Earth. <laughs> I say the Earth is a point. It's an infinite point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. Well, I don't. I've said uh, on record. I've said I don't buy into flat Earth. That's one I don't. Uh, so flat and it's hollow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, one, that was popular in I think the sixties, right? So. Yeah, the hollow Earth. That still comes back. I still see it on the internet. Here and there on the secret yeah. sun. Miguel, I want you to create a conspiracy theory therapy. Can you do that? Okay. Like a, a program for people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, there's no, uh, it's pretty easy. It's you simply like, I'm sure Heller would agree. <laughs> it's the inner journey that matters. It's how you change your inner alchemy as you're studying these conspiracies and you're going down these rabbit holes. I mean, whether Kennedy, there's not much any of us can do if Kennedy was killed by the CIA right now, is there? But 
it is a great journey of discovery about myself, my relation to the country, to the world, to my belief systems when I grew up. And it's an, a realignment of things. So uh, that's the way I see it. It's what's what's the, what am I going to find out at the end about myself? So and uh, yeah, don't get too absorbed in it, because, again, how much change can you really make? What difference is it going to make? So um, that's really uh, interesting. Anything, yeah, and, I mean, and of I've course, never... it just supports my Gnostic views that you can't trust the archons, the powers and principalities. Power corrupts absolutely. I mean, what did Jung say? The opposite of good is not evil. The opposite of good is power. Power, mm -hmm. anybody who gets power is going to turn into an archon and try to oppress those below and try to get away with horrible things. It's the most addictive thing in the world, and, you know, there's a lot of bad addictive things out in the out there. Many of them FDA approved. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I'm not talking about the V word. I'm talking about Oxycontin, all that junk that they've thrown out into the public, which has done so much damage to the yeah. middle class and the lower class. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Addictive drugs. That's a conspiracy period, right? Mm -hmm. alcohol you know everything that people can be addicted to or get attached to that's a conspiracy because there's people making money million dollar marketing advertising budgets to yeah. make sure that we take this shit into our bodies and the, and the people making the money are also regulate the regulators who are supposed so, to watch the people making the money so yeah, yeah. There's, there's it's, it's, <laughs> it's like the, the meme where you've got the, uh, one of the presidents of Monsanto and you have a picture of Monsanto and then the next year he's working for the Department of Agriculture and you're like, what? <laughs> We're crazy? We're the conspiracy theorists? <laughs> exactly. So it's uh, it's something else, but it's, it's a great conversation. Anything else, Scott, on this topic? Um, I guess the Illuminati is not around anymore, as much people would say. I think it's fascinating that... Uh, the Jesuits were disbanded by the Pope. Then the Illuminati showed up. And then when the Illuminati disappeared, the Jesuits came back. That's a historical fact. Obviously, it's a speculation, but it's an interesting one, I think. Uh, well, obviously, people think that the Freemasons are still uh, pulling the strings. Uh, some think that the Freemasons are connected to the Knights Templar. What, what has your research led you to, Scott? Well, like a lot of your listeners, um, I bought into the Holy Blood, Holy Grail accounting of how the Templars found a scroll in the temple. And then after their persecution, they escaped to Scotland and they built Roslyn Church. It has all these mysterious symbols. And they were they took part in the battle at Bannockburn, which I know a lot about because I've written about it a number of times. And um, I also bought into this idea of a connection between the Freemasons and the Templars from the books of Robert Lomas and Christopher Knight, like Hiram yeah. Key, Second Messiah, which was about Jacques de Molay. And um, everything seemed to make sense until I read Robert Lomas's more recent book, Templar Genesis of Freemasonry. And he meticulously picks apart his prior assertions. Mm -hmm. And he basically says, first of all, all the claims about the Templars being linked to Freemasonry and, and all this stuff are, are all based on unsupportable statements. You know, everybody says this person said this, 
witness and so forth. He, so I don't think anybody can read the Templar Genesis of Freemasonry, which has a kind of misleading title, um, and come away um, confident in what has become a big part of the esoteric and Gnostic movement. Um, but he does say that, um, or actually, um, our one of our favorite authors, Gary Lackman, um, who I think is maybe the most objective of all the writers about esoteric movements, he has a book called The Secret Teachers of the Western World, and he explains how Freemasonry probably did emerge from the Stonemasons Guild because the freestone that was softer and the master masons would do the fine carving, not, they weren't just bricklayers and stuff building the cathedrals. And they had to move from town to town to do this kind of work. And uh, very few people traveled then and they would have signs to distinguish themselves as to whether they were masons or not. And, and then um, as they were working on the sacred architecture, it got kind of linked in their mythology to the temple. And, um, and basically, it went from being actual but very devout moral stonemasons. And in, from 1500 to 1700, especially with a big push from James I of England, it, it evolved from actual operative masonry into what's called speculative masonry, which used hermetic symbols, got away from the Catholic uh, interpretation of things and um, kind of fueled the Renaissance. And so there, there is a connection back to the medieval times, uh, but not further than that. Um, but I will say that regardless of that, if you read a book like my friend Mark Coltco Rivera wrote about called The Mysteries of Freemasonry, there are a lot of benefits to studying the Masonic lore and the symbols and stuff like that, as long as you don't take it too seriously when, you know, when it gets back to uh, Hiram Abiff and the, the original temple and all that kind of stuff. So um, I uh, came away realizing that this extremely popular notion uh, that seemed to me very meticulously uh, fact-checked in the books that I read uh, one of the inventors or popularizers of this, Robert Lomas, is pretty much disproven it, I think. Yeah, Lomas was a past guest. I need to talk about that. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely been done. Uh, what was I going to say before? I don't know if there are any questions, Vance, but before we get into that, I wanted to make a little announcement, a little commercial, if you would. Uh, first, let me get my screen stuff here. Let's see if I can get this working. Do, 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 screen, do, do. Yeah, I don't see any questions uh, so far. There's so much activity, I might have missed some. But So if there's any questions, people, uh, go ahead and repeat them. Yeah, yeah. But I'd like to talk about uh, last week, my new little book came out, 10 Snackable Meditations to Get You Through Any Shitty Day. It is out on PDF on the site. It is uh, drawn from many traditions, short, sweet exercises, wellness, meditative, uh, mind trick exercises that can get you right back in things, especially in these days when everybody's so fragmented, everybody's so stressed, so busy. And it's a 10 plus a bonus 
And again, I drew from many meditations, from Zen, even from from Tibetan Buddhism to uh, New Age. There's exercises from Gurdjieff, from uh, the Sedona Method, from Arizona, from Christianity, from Islam. And uh, I wanted to do something that would help people out. The feedback in just the last week that I've gotten has been very good. I know Scott was very kind to write a blurb. He really liked it. And I think it can help you out. I'll have a link on the show notes for you if you want to get 10 snackable meditations. It is out on PDF right now. But I'm working to get it very soon on audiobook. I did the voiceover myself. And it will be out on Amazon because people are requesting a paperback something they can carry around when they need to whip it out and if they're stressed out in traffic or they're having a fight with the family. What did Ram Dass said? If you think you're enlightened, spend a week with your family. and uh, Or you're just having a bad day at work because some email or jerk off just pissed you off. One of those, you can just whip it out or put on the headphones and find one of those meditations that uh, takes five minutes to learn and master and it'll get you right to where you need to be and get you a little, give you a little breathing room to get you back. If you need to, if sometimes we don't have time to get to our yoga class or therapy session. We can't get to the gym until the end of the day or something like that. We can wait till the end of the day and sit in our room and meditate. So this is something that, uh, I think it has helped me out these sort of quick sanity hats that'll get hacks that'll get you right back. So it is out now. I will have a link in the show notes and uh, definitely get it uh, as part. This is part of the Finding Hermes program, which attempts or has actually been successful in giving you alternative means to dealing with uh, addiction, mental health or uh, other issues today as uh, we are finding out the old ways just ain't working anymore like they used to be so we need more choices we need more alternative alternatives and we need more uh just stuff that's tailored to each of us because all of us are different we all have different spiritual constitutions and makeup so uh we just need uh, more choices and stuff so that's my little commercial for you. So let us get back to our regularly scheduled insanity here at the Halloween special. Uh, yeah, bye from us. I'll, I'll, all five of us here. Yeah, you can trust us. We're saying, <laughs> um, Vance, no questions from the audience so far. I don't see any. Well, there was one way, way in the beginning, which is if you're born on Halloween, this particular uh, person was, uh, are you damned to hell? And then what's the significance of being born on Halloween? Does it make you give you powers? <laughs> this is, I'm adding this. They give you powers. Does it send you to the nether regions? Is it, what was it do? Well, here's one that just came up. Here's a quick one. Let's read it together. Ah. What is a Gnostic perspective on gaining new information that shakes one belief paradigm, even if it is not true information? Who wants to tag it? Scott? Since you are our main guest, um, you know, but speaking from my background, having spent about fifty years following various esoteric movements and being a heretic from the beginning, when I was born a Mormon and grew up in a family that uh, was involved in alternative medicine, um, 
I think you have to learn to develop critical thinking. And that's not easy to do, but there are a lot of things that Sandra mentioned, for example, um, reading Bruce Lipton's, um, what's the name of the book? Biology, Bi- Biology of Belief. Uh, I like to recommend to people Harville Hendrix's uh, Getting the Love You Want and other things about the subconscious. Unless you go through serious psychotherapy or some of the techniques that you mentioned, um, Miguel, in your book, um, you're just going to be a prisoner of the subconscious and um, easily susceptible to brainwashing. So it starts, in my opinion, from reading an actual book. We've talked, for example, um, The Gnostic New Age by April DeConnick, um, Stefan Heller's book on Gnosticism. There are many good books out there. Well, there's mine also, God Reconsidered. Um that will help ground you in some facts. And I think, and, and I think it's very important to get on to the inner sanctum, Miguel's group on Facebook, because you need to confer with other people in a private area where you can ask questions and get answers. Because, uh, as you guys have said, the whole world is corrupt. We are dominated by all the mainstream religions, which we've argued in prior interviews, um, all have clearly uh, explanations for why we are here that make absolutely no sense. And so if you're going to not go from being brainwashed by your culture to getting involved with um, a heresy, You've got to be very careful because, um, especially in this age where any kind of rumor can uh, spread like wildfire, uh, people are very susceptible to superstition. That's one reason we started this uh, Sacred Cows series here, um, is to say that not everything that is the alternative is better. you you got to develop some intellectual rigor. And one of the things Chris and I have been trying to do with our spring history and and um, philosophy uh, discussions uh, is to kind of sort through the different theories about what's true about Gnosticism. We had a really vigorous um, one with uh, David Hyatt Beckel, uh, uh, you know, a few months ago. And so uh, there's a lot to learn. I'm still a beginner, but read some good books, get informed, listen to the Aeon Byte interviews, participate in Inner Sanctum and read Miguel's book, and that will keep you somewhat on uh, the crooked and narrow, as it were. And there you have it, oh, you shining crazy diamonds. In our second part, we hit some high philosophical and theological themes. And our guests took alchemy to task, as well as ufology. Yes, indeed. Heresy is really so much damn fun. Including the audio version, this is a cool listen if you leverage the private RSS feed from AB Prime or Patreon that works in the podcast provider of your choice. And yes, you can now get a simple private RSS feed through Red Circle for less than five bucks a month. Check it out on the show notes. So please become an AB Prime member or Patreon at Patreon or Red Circle subscriber for the full audio interview 
and to support this red pill cafeteria. Go to thegodabovegod.com for means to assist and get the infernal rewards. Or just contact me or just look at the show notes. Whether it's Patreon or AB Prime or Red Circle, it will cost you about a buck per episode. And that's a deal of many lifetimes. The alternative spirituality and philosophy of the Gnostics is more important than ever. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being yourself, your true self, here in the desert of the real. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.